Hello, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast, where we recap the best and worst moments of unscripted television history. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and I'm here with Big Daddy, Big Papa, Sammy P. Who, me? Hi. Yes, you. Samantha. Hey, little mama. (laughs) Oh, hey. I have things to say to you. I have things to tell you about. Let's hear it. So I saw the Mean Girls movie. Okay. And uh, I was highly skeptical. I actually just didn't think I would like it straight up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the advertisement did the movie a disservice, ended up really liking it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And as a musical theater person yourself, I thought you'd be glad to know that. I'm shocked because even though I haven't seen it, I have ended up on the side of TikTok that's like, the singing is shit. It looks like it was sponsored by Shein. It's embarrassing. It was a disaster. I thought actually the complete opposite. They, well, I was going to say no spoilers. There can't be spoilers because it's the same plot as the original Mean Girls movie. But the first 15 minutes, I was ready to storm out. Not really, but it was just, it was three songs in a row and I was like oh my god is this gonna be the whole movie is it's gonna really be a musical like just a musical but then it kind of loosened up and they kept all the parts that you wanted them to keep but then they updated a lot of stuff to make it by Gen Z for Gen Z in a way that made sense okay so like the fashions were just what Gen Z would wear to to high school like the original plastics it's not like they were wearing high fashion they were wearing mall clothes of the 2000s it's just become so glamorized now in this like y2k thing but they're both they're all wearing fast fashion just like in the original and then they're i don't like when they don't update remakes in a way that doesn't make it make sense so there were things like the technology factor was updated you know at the end when they spread the burn book around they photocopy all these pages instead people were just taking snapshots with their phone but i don't know it's just little things like that where those things bother me where i'm like if we're gonna make it in the modern day just acknowledge that we're not using paper things like that and then the songs were dramatic and titillating (laughs) titillating they were like dramatic yeah titillating is i guess the wrong word exciting i'm thinking more of like the ones where the ones with regina george everything would like go red or like dark blue and it would be like kind of scary okay i guess titillating actually sounds like a really (laughs) creepy way to describe a movie about high school students i'm trying i'm actually (laughs) very inspired by the southern charm boys i hate to say it Their vocabulary is very impressive to me, and it's pushed me to think of using different adjectives. I feel like yeah, their vocabulary is a complete smokescreen. But I hear, I take your point. I take your point. It is a smokescreen. It's it's the only thing that's impressive. It's the only time I'm going to say that I'm impressed by these bozos. But I am, I am very impressed by the vocabulary, and I thought it's time to push myself further to reach into the lexicon available yeah crack a thesaurus totally mm-hmm. yeah before i go back to just yes boots go off and slay <laughs> etc there's a place for for that too <laughs> there's a time and a place absolutely 
Yeah, so other than that, I've just been, I feel like I'm like tapping into my Russian ancestry really strongly lately. I'm Ooh. making a lot of sauerkraut, just lifting heavy things. Mm. I'm doing a lot of kettlebells, kettlebells and sauerkraut. Okay. <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> well, when you say it like that, yeah. It's like, I'm picturing like you do one rep and then you take a bite of sauerkraut and then you do another Basically. Rep, take another bite. <laughs> basically and then you just like vodka yourself to sleep my gut my shoulder strength are strong you take your scythe out to the field and just like take down tall grasses until you're exhausted a scythe yes a scythe look at us we don't need the southern char boys we've got the vocabulary okay yeah we could access it it's somewhere in there you have a whole literature degree yeah and you've got you've got what do you got (laughs) history no my degree environmental justice (laughs) my degree is called community and public affairs oh right okay it is the most nothing burger of a bunch of words strung together what does it mean it means anything you want it to mean (laughs) what does it mean like if you could sum it up into three words that aren't those ones. <laughs> it's like political science, but for the local community oh, at a more okay. grassroots level. So actually, I will say it was very cool because in our class, there was it was very conversation-based. So everything was in a big circle and all discussion-based. But it was a mix of people that wanted like aspiring politicians, business people, community organizers, crunchy activists, and all kind of arguing in an interesting way cool (laughs) anyone who's concerned with the community i don't know yeah it was great to be concerned with 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 our communities we all should be oh of course but i was like i'm gonna dedicate my life to helping the community um how could i forget you were a community organizer like barack obama (laughs) i at some point yeah at some point uh, one of my many many hats um (laughs) But I, I'm now in the noble profession of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, and us along with many of the people on the Southern Charm couch today, fellow podcasters. Oh, and public everyone, figures. everyone on Bravo has a podcast. That's not every minor Bachelor alumni, Bravo. They all that goes without saying. Our peers. Yeah, pillows and beer. Actually, pillows and beer is probably doing better than us. So I, I'm sure I can't really talk. No, we can't talk. We have to bow down to her. And I'm still <laughs> bosses. Yeah, Craig saying that his pillow business has made upwards of ten million dollars. I was like, <laughs> I felt, I felt jealous of his girl bossery. Yeah, that was. Pretty he said stunning. eight figures, and I had to Google it. My brain was like, what? Right, I was thinking multi-million, but yeah, over 10 million and he has they 30 said, employees. Eight figures is anywhere from 10 million to 99 million. So I'm well, assuming it's closer to 10. <laughs> if yeah, it who knows? even approaches that in reality, but um yeah, it, it was definitely the most impressive drop of the day when he said he has 30 full-time employees that he provides healthcare for. I was like, fuck. 
wow, you you really showed them. Like for how many seasons was he like the drunkest loser that everyone was really embarrassed for? And like Craig, you're his girlfriend kept Naomi kept being like, you have such loser energy and loser behavior. Like I I can't be with you. And now he's made them all look like losers. Okay. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that because you suggested we do this episode today, but I don't think I told you that I've been for the last couple of weeks binging all of Southern charm. So many, many years ago, I watched a bit of season one, just kind of fell off with it for no real reason. I've watched seasons one to nine in the last couple of weeks. Okay, what a reveal. That's so strange that that didn't come up when I suggested that we cover it. I waited to spring it on you on air. Okay. I know. No, but I felt like you were channeling something. We were connected in that moment because you were like Southern Charm. And I was like, well, let me tell you, I've seen all of their stories. Yeah, their whole journey. And it's very fresh in your mind. It's very fresh in my mind. And we're going to get into Craig and his success and, and their journeys and all that. But I will say as much as Craig, Shep, and Austin are these were these drunken, bumbling idiots, kind of still are, for Craig, all the shit that they gave him, when you zoom out, it's like he did law school and then dragged his feet for a year before doing the bar. That's all that really was. Well, and his problematic drinking and outbursts and his like filth and how his house was like kind of condemned. It just like was giving like he doesn't have his shit together and he was pissing off his girlfriend all the time. Well, his the the thing about his girlfriend is a lot of what she was mad about was him sewing. And as someone who my boyfriend is passionate about sewing, I was like, let him sew. Actually, at one point, it was a very meta moment where <laughs> she was like, Craig, you're such a loser with your sewing kit. I can't take you seriously. I look over and Oliver was like carefully making himself a pair of pants on the sewing machine. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I don't find that loser behavior. I think that's a delightful outlet to have. Absolutely. And, and to be fair, like she did, she did emasculate him over the sewing, but the loser behavior was like the fact that he was just like drinking every day and lying on the couch and not pursuing getting a job or doing anything like that. Yeah. And he had an Adderall addiction that whole time and drinking a lot. But at the same time, one of the things that they never acknowledged for this whole thing is they're like, Craig, you need to get a job. Craig, he does have a job that is being on Southern Charm. Yeah. But on this show, they expect you to have something you can say that you do otherwise it's like one of the jobs is one of the shows where like a career is kind of important, like Summer House. It's like they rip on Lindsay for not not working, not doing anything outside of being a cast member on Southern on whatever the fuck Summer House. And I get that. Like you have the choice to do nothing with your time other than like drink and party and like seek fame you have this X amount of money, but like, what else do you do? You know, like you need to do something, even if you're not making money from it, you got to do something with your life. Yeah, absolutely. But I just, all this to say, I know that that the premise of it is that they also have to have another job, but the people giving him a hard time were Shep and Austin and Whitney, who two trust fund <laughs> yeah. babies and one guy who was also dragging his feet. And ultimately they're talking to a guy in his twenties who's drinking and partying a lot. And is on a show that rewards that. 
yeah, he's like 15 years younger than Shep or something. Yeah. So he does. I I get it. Like, I don't, you know, you don't need to coddle Craig too much. Like, don't worry. He's doing just fine. <laughs> he doesn't need you to stand up for him. I have okay, never done yeah, anything I, wrong gonna, ever. Yeah, we're going to be covering the season nine reunion, but it is hard not to go back in time. Yeah, it's it, this is like our our Southern Charm bottle episode, kind of like we gotta we gotta go over it all. You gotta start at the beginning to understand where we're at. Yeah, as always, we have to look at our past to understand our future. And you went off on Catherine on the Patreon a couple weeks ago. You were like talking about her most recent charge and the update in her custody battle. And there were many points in my rewatch where I was about to text you and defend her. And then that fell away because what it was like, a I don't even want to say character arc, more like a character boomerang where she just started off so low and then went so high and then fell off again. So dramatically. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of like space for Catherine. I have a lot of feelings for Catherine. I really root for her. And I was shocked and disappointed and like kind of angry and felt like personally betrayed to read like some of her updates of like how bad she's doing. Cause I'm like, God damn it, Catherine, your kids need you. We're rooting for you. We want you back on the show. There's no one as dynamic as you. You have to figure this out. Stop doing drugs. Stop hitting policemen with your car. Like just figure it out. Yeah. It's definitely a really tragic tale of addiction and there's a lot of themes to this reunion, but one of the main ones is addiction, both triumphing over it and letting it beat you. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's, but, it's just like a constant battle, just like our mental health demons. It's not like you win one day. It's like every yeah. day you have to get up and fucking slay that dragon again. <laughs> every day we got to slay mamas. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and one more thought about previous seasons before we get into the current, but I I had to call myself out for some internalized misogyny because the whole thing was going on. And I was like, the most annoying character that's ever been on air was Landon. <laughs> and that's what I thought. And then I'm like, why, why is this a show about men and their despicable behavior? And I'm hating the most on this woman, but she did. She did set me off. She was so annoying that like we ha we had to like relearn misogyny through her. I feel like <laughs> she sucks so bad and she's so grating her voice, her fakeness, her cruelty, her manipulation. I truly, truly hate that woman. So there's a lot of bad people on the show. So I checked up on her recently and so. I guess what I have to ask is you won't be purchasing her newest venture, which is um, an espresso bean called my morning martini. <laughs> Did I tell you about my Buku de Beppo venture? <laughs> so my landed. Buku de Beppo venture. Yeah, her <laughs> my espresso martini venture. It was. <laughs> she always has some like venture. Her fucking, her pitch presentation about being a travel blogger will go down in history as one of the finest girl fails ever to air. <laughs> yeah. Her concept for a travel website, but also one about the ladies who lunch and also men who play polo. Yeah. But it was like, what? 
I mean, you could just do that, I guess. Sorry, you want someone to pay for this? <laughs> They're like, where's the website? She's like, well, I thought you guys could do build that. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I've had quite a lot of entrepreneurial fails myself. Uh, but I, yeah, not checking whether Rome, a really common word, was taken uh, by a business <laughs> or a website already. Maybe a little detailed that could have been looked into along with some others but yeah it was the being cruel and being like yeah. a guy's girl but the guys are t-rav and shep yeah and we're Maybe gonna talk I a lot you. about what she said to shep I'm like oh I'm i know really- he literally like went white as a sheet like he was just like that was the scariest moment of his life that was <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it's, maybe like, that's how we get him to rehab is we just keep spooking him with landon and then just chase him in, chase him into that choice. corner move in with rehab. landon or go to rehab <laughs> like, yeah i'm there um but no we're gonna talk a lot about guys girls and misogyny in the culture of the south today because it it permeates every level of the show the cast the way they act the way they're covered on the show, the way they're talked about, everything. It's its another world. It's like watching a show based on Mars, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it has no similarity to my life culturally whatsoever as a Canadian. Uh, none. And the show doesn't resemble anything of what it did, what it once did at its start. It was wild over such a compressed timeline to watch it go from at the beginning of the show about people like wistfully looking off across their plantation and thinking about unspoken things to like what it is today. Yeah, I I think it's actually kept its spirit a lot more than you think, I I guess, because it was it started as a show about like upper crust old men who refuse to grow up and the like you know tragic young impressionable barely legal girls they drag into their orbit and that is still where we're at <laughs> like it is still a cast True. of 60 year old men and 20 year old girls um and what happens when they all grow up yeah and what it's and like powerful as as you can but you can still have karma and fate catch up to you Hmm. yeah and you can try to maintain the upper hand your whole life and just surround yourself with people who look up to you as someone with old money someone who doesn't have to work someone who went to school whatever and keep being around people who are young and impressionable but eventually you're gonna have to look at yourself and be like fuck yeah, maybe the party is not fun anymore. Um, maybe it's not cute that you're partying with 20-year-olds as yeah. a sweaty man in his 40s with a drug and alcohol problem. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's get into this reunion. So starting off, the set designers of these reunions are really popping off lately. This was the nicest this, looking reunion. This was a beautiful set. And I think that the fantastic 
Emmy Award deserving editors of Salt Lake City should maybe take note of this one thing. Yeah, they keep stitching them up on Salt Lake City and making the reunion sets really crazy and dangerous and ugly. And the girls don't like that. But this set was very chic. It was comfortable. Whatever their theme for their outfits came across great. The girls were all in red and gold and black and everybody looked gorgeous. Is that so hard to do? I know. Is it? Like when you have professional help at your disposal, why can't anyone turn a look? But I know. Do we need to be building a big papier-mâché like shipwreck thing? (laughs) What Whitney wore and did for the reunion is unforgivable. Like her sweaty, stupid clip-in ponytail, janky makeup, and horrendous, ill-fitting lime green dress should be burned. What did that mom say on Saltburn when she's like, my eyes are offended by ugly environments and people. Like, I need to pull up that quote, but that that's you with Whitney's look at the reunion. I respect well, that. Not just me. I think that she sent shockwaves through the universe with that look. It was offensive. I, just, I don't really, I don't notice things that much like that, but I You're just like, I'm glad do. Whitney's here. <laughs> like, I'm glad we can hear from Whitney. I'm not, I'm not going to judge her. <laughs> no, I'll judge her. Whitney, uh, but that's not what who we're here to judge today. We're here to judge these idiots. Yeah, and at Some least at least Taylor looked great for her turn in the hot seat. Like, if this ever happens to me, where I have to go on TV and be publicly shamed by everyone who used to be close to me, may I at least look beautiful? She did look beautiful. However, I think that they're trying to make this scandal thing they're trying to make a sandoval-esque moment with the red dresses i thought okay i mean maybe olivia was trying to nod to that with her kind of ill-fitting take on ariana's <laughs> dress it just wasn't as good it's like don't do something and then not that's, do it as good that's what i'm saying like both taylor and olivia had re- dresses that were reminiscent of ariana's revenge dress and i was like i mean i'd be scared to be compared to ariana's like shredded body although i guess they don't have anything to worry about no yeah they have nothing to worry about in that sense but i just i don't know i i think we loved bravo before scandal and i felt like throughout the season up and up to the reunion they were trying to like make another little mini scandal type of thing happen yeah the editors and the marketers sure but this was filmed before scandal ever happened um the season so yeah They were up to no good, regardless. Yeah, but before they ever set foot on stage, we see them backstage, and JT's getting wound up. He's foaming at the mouth, saying, I got a lot to say. And Austin says, JT's what a a fucking nerd he is. (laughs) And Shep says, Austin is is astounding his lack of contrariness. There's a quote by Napoleon, never interfere with your opponent when he's making mistakes. Yeah, by contriteness, he meant contrition because, you know, he's just he's not as smart as he thinks he is. Like he he's a pretentious little fucker, Shep. Yeah, um, he thinks he's smart. You can have the SAT words, but you got to use them correctly. But he was right about one thing, and that's that JT is a fucking nerd and a tryhard and a wannabe and a desperado and his ex-girlfriend showed his ass on the internet by saying that he lived in a van. <laughs> he, he, sorry. 
that he lived in a van by the beach and stalked the cast for like months or years to try and like ingratiate himself and party where they were partying and just be around all the time until like started talking to them and started talking to them and then started talking to the producers and like forced his way to be a cast member on the show even though he's like just kind of broke and like not really attractive and like it's like the worst take on a fan becoming I, I really don't like JT you know what I just thought of that's so sad imagine all the JTs out there that didn't make it on TV yeah that, like that their goal was to make it to some Bravo show so they did their own version of living on the beach for years yeah, yeah like Monica you know no no they, that, those people made it on the show I'm talking about people who no, you I, don't I, know but I know what you're saying there's there's many who do make it there's many who who don't make it and maybe some of them are in jail for stalking i don't know where the line is like if you just keep showing up somewhere and people start to like recognize your face and be like oh there's that guy again like i feel like he's stalking us like is <laughs> it's it's weird and it's weird that he hates them so much i guess he likes the girls or so he says he's like i just want a girlfriend he like taylor the most perfect angel in the world yeah, he's jealous of the men. I get bi energy from him. Like he both hates the men. He wants to be them. He wants to be them and be with them. Yeah, he says that openly about Craig. But it's but meant as a joke. But I'm like, I think That's maybe that every every joke is rooted in some truth. But yeah, and he Taylor... wants to like hate fuck Shep or whatever. He's obsessed with him. He's obsessed with all of them. He. Yeah. He, it's giving fatal attraction. I was, won't be yeah. ignored. <laughs> fatal, fatal attraction or him wanting to get Eiffel Towered by Craig Austin and Shep all in one turn after oh my another. God, that's even more than the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. There's a, a lot happening. But anyhow, uh, this is just what where my imagination goes to with JT. But anyhow, Taylor says with her red dress that she's wearing her scarlet letter and Olivia has is not wearing her scarlet letter. It's a different kind of red dress. Um, Andy's freaking out over Madison. I love how much he loves Madison. He's like, this is one of the best looks I've ever seen on any reunion. I was like, really? Okay. Like I completely it's- agree. Like Madison just gets it so right. She's one of the most gorgeous women who's ever been on reality tv and she's so stylish she always is wearing the perfect thing always has everything perfect in her house knows what to say very charming very smart very funny like she's just made for reality tv i was gonna say the exact same thing she is a true star she is so genuinely funny and dramatic and yeah beautiful like i I thought the dress was amazing too i would just i don't know she she has a lot of star power yeah, and she's um, exactly I... the kind of girl that gay gay guys go crazy over. Like perfect body, like a Barbie come to life, perfect face, perfect hair, nothing out of place, like just like a fantasy, like a drawing. <laughs> I saw your tits and your vagina. <laughs> That's what I, I couldn't stop thinking of that quote <laughs> since rewatching this. <laughs> and she knows she said other many day. more iconic things than that, but that was just a clip they played. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was walking around my house saying that. But uh, JT says that he's going to perform a fuckboy exorcism. And he says to Austin, that demon's coming out today. Boy, I'm going to work you. 
And Andy actually had to be like, it's minute one. Like, please, please stop. And Austin's like, boy, like, it's, what is this freaky fucking like, it's like, it's a lot of hype and a little bump of coke, me thinks. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. He's got a scary energy that I don't enjoy. Very scary. Yeah. Like it. Like Napoleon complex is is thrown around a lot, but he really <laughs> has it in a way where I'm like, <laughs> like he actually has gotten into fisticuffs while kneeling on the top of a bar stool, like a little kid. Yes, like don't <laughs> give this guy like, a bayonet is what I'm I, saying. I, know. <laughs> like, I am looking in your eye, right in your eye, and telling you I don't like you. <laughs> Yeah, but if you got down off your stool, you couldn't. So, like, why bring it up? Yeah, I don't know. He's 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 really trying. <laughs> God bless. He's the opposite of Madison, who's just effortless, effortlessly compelling, even when she is a, quote, bored housewife. Um, mm -hmm. But Andy starts up. Who here thinks pandas are real? Craig? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> because Craig, I think... I can't actually tell if he's joking or not that he thinks they're people in bear costumes. I know. I don't think he is joking for some reason, but maybe he's just, his irony is lost on me. Here's the thing. Like he has been to law school. He m runs a multi-million dollar company, but he's also kind of an idiot. And watching him talk about when they did the conspiracy theory episode, when he, he was questioning the moon landing and saying like, if it's so easy, like why haven't we gone back? I was like, this is how these conspiracy theories start because that's easily Googleable. Why we haven't gone back. Like it's just, yeah, the U S was displaying its nationalistic pride during the cold war. Um, and things are going badly enough now that they're actually preparing to go back. So, <laughs> but it's like, there's no proof. It's like, okay, but you could just look up what the proof is, but you're like, but I also don't trust what you look up. Yeah, Only exactly. trust what I think. I mean, if you spend enough vibes. nights on YouTube, like, doing bumps and shocking years, right. like, it just kind of rewires your brain in a different way. Yeah. I heard him on a podcast talking about just how bad his Adderall addiction was throughout most of the filming of the show. And... I could see how that plus YouTube conspiracy theory wormhole could really. Well, lead what you do you mean? How bad was it? How many Addies per day? Uh, he didn't get into the amount, but he just talked about how he's basically almost completely sober. He'll have like a drink kind of once a month sort of thing. And that his lifestyle has completely changed, but he talked about basically almost every single outburst he had was probably influenced by Adderall. He said that it was almost impossible to film without it because without it, he didn't want to talk about his feelings, but with it, he'd be like, yeah, I'll talk about anything. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. That's what the cast of Vanderpump says too. This is like their sister show. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And yeah. And then, and then he went to the, <laughs> in his post breakup, he went to the Caribbean and took Adderall and had like a scary shark encounter. <laughs> where he like shark scared him straight he was like on a boat and he was supposed to be on shark lookout and he he said he like couldn't call for the shark because he got too scared and oh that's when he 
knew he had to stop because he was supposed to be the one warning people about sharks. I love like hearing about rich people's rock bottoms. It's always something. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Because I'm sure there was a Coast Guard or a real trained person, not just Craig on Adderall. Being like, okay, our our life is in your hands. Just a geeked out. Craig is the last line of defense between the sharks and the humans. But he just had like a panic attack in that moment. He just couldn't do yeah. it. So yeah, he, yeah, that was his rock bottom. But then he cut out liquor, and then re- he realized after he had to just cut out alcohol completely. Mm-hmm. I have mixed feelings about Craig, but he is looking good. Sober Craig is really a testament to what that life can can look like hmm. okay um getting back to the reunion i'm i'm getting judgmental um eyes from you and i don't appreciate it i just want you to know that it's fine he's a handsome guy and i'll let it okay. go okay so we're back with the group and Already, you can kind of tell Shep is on one today. Like, his eyes are a little watery. He's, like, got this unstable energy. And he kind of starts off the night by saying, like, that being with Taylor was the happiest time in his life. Or Craig says it, and he agrees. And he's like, absolutely, like, I'll cop to that. It was. And it's that's a, it's a sad thing to say because, I mean, he cheated on her constantly and then, and then dumped her and then wouldn't take her back when she asked. So... And then quickly turned around and said that monotony and monogamy are the same thing. Yeah. Because he couldn't imagine things like asking for arranging a babysitter and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's, that's down the line. That's having kids. And also, I mean, I can't, I could not handle that. So, but that's different than monogamy. I don't Mm know. Yeah. Um, What's his name? JT calls Austin Voldemort along with some other characters. Ugh, and he's like rattling like, off like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. He's like a em- embarrassing millennial. Yeah, he is. He's a, or he said Voldemort in a big bird costume. I was like, you're asking the audience to walk a little far for that one, buddy. Okay. Um, but he thought it was going to be a snap and it, it kind of wasn't. But he does say that Austin's had a severe glow down and Madison has glowed up, which is iconic. And I was like, well, Sorry, I love what? you for... He's, he's like, it's iconic how much Madison has glowed up while Austin has glowed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is cunty and, you know, true. So I'm like, all right, you can stay. And... But he also yells to Austin that before he called her a monster and now a bored housewife, it's like he harasses her no matter what. And I'm like, they're just tumultuous exes. It's it's okay. I do Madison think he need- Madison doesn't need him to stick up for her. I mean, yeah. either, when they played that clip of when he yelled at her in, in the suite in Jamaica, I was like, I do wish someone had stuck up for her in that moment. When he's yelling at her to shut up and stay out of it and you're bored house. I was like, what do you mean? She's at this party and just commenting on what people are saying to her. Like, she's in this group of four people having drinks. Like, she's allowed to talk. But... He's yeah. a misogynist. He's always going to yell at a woman. So, yeah. um, Craig says, or sorry, Shep says that Craig is very smart and strategic to keep his relationship off camera to avoid scrutiny. And that, like, it's nice that Paige can just not film when she doesn't want to film. And, like, 
that scrutiny can ruin relationships. And then he says, Shep says that if the camera wasn't around, he would be married to Taylor by now. <laughs> okay, buddy. Yikes. He's just like, he's trying to get her back on the hook. This whole reunion. He doesn't like that she has a new boyfriend. He's like saying all these things. Like he says she was right about a lot of things. And I'm realizing that only now. And it's a year too late and it's too bad. And like, I don't know. It's clear that he's only realizing these things because she's happily with someone else now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Taylor is an interesting character. I just watched Winter House. I'm trying to like watch the last season to just like get my bearings back. And you're still on Winter House. You, (laughs) I'm glad. I'm like, I was, I keep looking for Corey more about Corey and Sam's relationship, but they're on like different shows. So I'm not understanding where I'm going to see their relationship because she's on Summer House and he's on Winter House. And I don't know what's the season. Corey's on, they're both on Summer House. Does he come in on Summer House? Last yeah, season? he's on this most he's on this most recent season. That's their whole okay, relationship. I'm like on episode three and he's not in there yet. So I guess he comes later. But um I don't know. All I know is that I think you were able to ask or project yourself to a 5D consciousness where you are picking up on things from some winter house that us mere mortals cannot. I'm not the only one who liked Winter House, Emily. You're trying to gaslight me. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. I'm saying it. you're you're an enlightened being and I want you to show me what you see, but I also show saw me. it and I didn't see it. So maybe I'm not ready to be enlightened in that way. Well, the only reason I'm even referencing it is to say that Taylor reminds me of Jessica, the blonde like model who is like from a cult and is like the ultimate pick me guys, girl. So Taylor herself will always put a guy first. That's the most important thing to her is like, male validation sexual like men finding her sexually attractive and she just can't understand at all where olivia is coming from in their feud yeah it is really hard to watch someone with this little self-respect on tv just and to see that play out in so many different ways from you know the moment in the season where Shep says that he's happy he cheated on her and then she's in his bed later that night or even at this reunion when they're talking again about how um he never leaves ladies happy (laughs) prompted by JT demanding Craig to answer if he's into bondage I'm like bye King JT um but (laughs) Shep Shep said he's just driving towards the finish line where's the finish line who can possibly know where the finish line is? And and then Taylor reiterating that and Shep saying, well, why did you want to get back together? And I'm like, yes, Taylor, you don't, that, that is a great observation you made about Shep and should then henceforth push you to not ever want to be back together with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she tries to like say, she's like, I still had fun, even though in the two and a half years we dated, I only had an orgasm like three times it's like well you probably didn't have fun then in that case and it's just yeah it's just a microcosm of her how little self-regard she has but I really think it's more than that like I also see a world where she does have self-esteem but 
just only gets that feeling if a man says it, you know? Like, I think it's completely insane that she sent a nude of herself to Whitney, her ex's old-ass weird friend, randomly. They've never had any sort of romantic interlude or anything. She sends him a nude out of the blue. She says to get back at him for partying with girls with Shep and is like, is this what you're looking for out there? Come one, come all, and then sends a full frontal nude to him. Like, what? And then she's just like, yeah, I stand in that. Like, whatever, I sent a nude. Get over it. God, everyone gets naked. It's like, no, that's insane. That is fucking crazy. I've never heard of such behavior in my life, sending a nude to just a random guy who knows your ex. Uh, Yeah, and Whitney, oh, to Whitney of all people, which this is not related to that, but I just learned that Whitney is two years older than Sutton on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. He's an which old is mind-blowing. Man. And he's an executive producer on the show. And it's just so desperate and pathetic to send a full frontal nude unrequested by a man who wants nothing to do with you to piss off your ex. And I'm just going to laugh at you. And they get into how they say that she shouldn't have been shamed for that and that that was just slut shaming. And honestly, I am kind of on Madison's side for this. I didn't necessarily think it was slut shaming, but it was more like, Taylor, come on. Like, it's just showing her mental state being, well, that's the thing is, is she crazy or is she shitty? That's kind of the whole question. (laughs) It's like, she does these things. The men treat her as though she's so fragile and unwell. She couldn't be blamed. She's heartbroken. And then her girlfriend, Olivia, and the other girls are like, no, she's she's just an adult woman. You know, she's in her 30s. She she made decisions and did things that have consequences. Mm-hmm. So basically, I just think it's interesting how everybody who watches the show understands that if your friend hooks up with your ex or thinks about dating your ex, it's a huge betrayal and it's a friendship ender. And even though like we've come so far in society and we accept so many things this is something that across the board people just do not fucking forgive like it and it's just so strange isn't it because it's something that comes up all the time people date their friends exes or their exes friends it's the people you know it's the people who you get along with but it's something you cannot do you just can't do it yeah and people are always more mad at the woman than the man yeah because it's like you should have a fucking brain in your head like we don't expect that of them but yeah where's your discernment where's your like forward thinking but taylor's just such a thirsty little desperate girl she is she is in a way that's not almost borderline not enjoyable to watch because it's just so it's sad thirst yeah at this reunion i think it's where it tipped over to the end over the edge of just just too cringy to almost watch. It was like you're watching it through your hands. The part that happened later at the end, which we're going to get to um, in a minute, but first they turn to Shep. Well, they asked Taylor about her new boyfriend at BravoCon and said that there was some kind of incident. And she said, well, it had to do with 
Shep because Shep came up and slapped her on the ass to say hi right in front of her new boyfriend. And this leads to Shep giving a speech that he very nervously asked Andy if he could do before filming. And he says that he doesn't remember anything at BravoCon. He said he was just drunk in Las Vegas, obviously, allegedly also on drugs. I mean, I think that's pretty clear from this story that it's not just alcohol involved. But it got to a point where he said he really scared himself. and People were really worried about him. And he was wasted at Watch What Happens Live. And another thing that happened that they didn't get into at the reunion, but this happened at BravoCon, was that he was very publicly kicked out out of a casino for screaming at the blackjack dealer. Basically, the blackjack dealer kept being like, you need to stack your chips. And he went, you stack my fucking chips. Like just an un unkiltered, unwarranted, you know, outburst, basically a public meltdown. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time Shep's hearing the story about smacking Taylor's ass. He's like, I did? <laughs> like, yeah. He was like, no, that's not how I greet Taylor. And Andy's like, well, were you drunk? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, so how I can know. you remember? And he's like, I can't. Like, yeah, I, I was, know. Well, I was blackout all weekend. And like, you know, and then when I got back from, from Vegas, I tried to have an apology meeting with everyone in my life. And um, Craig and Austin declined the invite. <laughs> They're like, we've done it 17 times with you. I'm so tired of these yeah. meetings. Like, we don't want to enable you anymore. Like, you need to make some major changes. And like, he's just like, does this emotional speech. And he's like, the last month, like, just the music stops. And I feel alone and filled with shame. And Craig's has his pillows and these guys have a podcast and I'm like who am I who am I of value to anybody like and I'm just hurting myself and I can't do the things that I used to do physically like my brain and my body just can't do the drugs anymore and they're saying stop and I was Mr. Fun Outrageous guy and I just can't be that guy anymore and so they're like well what does that mean and he's like well I've stopped drinking hard liquor and shots I'm mostly just beer these days and Madison was like, damn, I thought he was going to say he's going to rehab. I was like tearing up. <laughs> I think we all thought he was going to say he's going to rehab. That's what he, why, what was the big speech for? I think it was him putting it all out there to try to be accountable. But that's like the Sheena Shea <laughs> Vanderpump season three she, sobriety method. Like, wants, don't sip. Just get, just don't get wasted. Just sip your alcohol. He wants to go to the Sheena Shea Center for <laughs> rehabilitation. Or you just like look in the mirror and you say, stop it. <laughs> You just don't drink to get drunk. You can still go to the parties. Just get a good buzz. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. Just don't get drunk. Um, yeah. And then Craig, yeah. Craig kind of lays out his journey where he was like, I, too, had to cut back on hard liquor at first. And then eventually I realized I shouldn't actually drink at all because I'm an addict. And that's the, you know, that's the path we all hope Tom Schwartz will find himself on one day. Just being like. Craig didn't say that. We said that, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah but, but craig was saying he is an addict yeah and yeah and and he said to to uh shep very poignantly that the road you're on ends in a cliff and i can't be in that car anymore and then said that this guy's genuinely going to potentially ruin his life and i have to be okay with his destruction and it's like that that hit home like i've i've had that with with people in my life where I've, i'm like i have to make peace with the fact that i don't know where this addiction is going to take them but i can't there's nothing you can do beyond expressing how you feel and that you care about them you can't save anyone so Mm -hmm. you just have to genuinely be like i 
truly like is this person going to be around yeah yeah and he he has all the market to be like a very sad case because he has the money and the freedom to just you know buy himself into an early grave basically <clears throat> but taylor the way the, the way that his, he looked in this it kind of looked like um he, like an embalmed person like he just looked puffy and discolored Chef, I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been looking like that. Like, he's been looking road hard and put away wet for a while now. And he's been on and, the edge of the cliff for a while now. Yeah. And even maybe the most intense moment for me was when Leva said that he needs to want something more than he wants drinking. And then Andy said, like, maybe it's this. Maybe, like, this show because it could get to a point where this isn't a healthy environment. Basically saying, like, we might have to fire you at some point. Like, yeah. this is getting too sad and you're on the verge of getting fired yeah. from the show that you're you're basically the star of. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like with And Dorinda. they did it with Catherine. Yeah, they with did Catherine. it with Catherine and with Dorinda in New York. Like, they, they know when someone is when the show is making someone's problems a lot worse. Yeah. And I mean, that is the case for a lot of people, but I would also say that when that person's problems are getting a lot worse, but it's not entertaining anymore. Yeah, it's sad. But I think especially with Bravo, like a lot of people with addictions keep make them worse and keep them going because of the show. Like Snooki has talked about that. She's like, my husband doesn't like it because he thinks that MTV forces me to be an alcoholic and brings out like the worst side of me and like makes me, you know or me to play that role, I do it to myself, whatever. Like, we want to see these people making bad decisions and yelling and being outrageous, and alcohol just goes hand-in-hand with that for a lot of people. So it's definitely a a tricky situation, but it's not like Shep needs the money. He's just doing it because he loves the attention. Catherine needs the money, yeah, and that's the scary thing is that I – when I was catching up on what she's been up to lately, I mean, for anyone who isn't up-to-date on – what happened to her since she got fired last season but she lost full custody recently of her kids from a hit and run unfortunately at 7 30 a.m through a school zone speeding through a school zone and there was a someone holding up the sign saying slow down she just ran right through it mm-hmm. broke, broke that person's arm and just kept driving and lost custody failed a bunch of uh, drug tests and has three times this year been had to move from her where she was living because she didn't pay rent yeah evicted even her cousin evicted her like by the cops like it's bad really bad and it's bad for Shep too but yeah it's a very different thing because he doesn't need the show and i really thought about this in terms of the whole reality reckoning i mean that's mostly bethany just needing attention but the claim that the show and shows like this enable people to drink and do drugs more there is merit to it for sure but at the same time we've seen a lot of people on these shows get sober and stay just as entertaining yeah and just just as compelling as they were before absolutely yeah it's like kind of a false narrative i think that a lot of these people have in their heads that we need to see them wasted all the time. That's definitely not the case. And it sort of reminds me of the in the same capacity as like a workplace where everyone goes out and get gets beers after. And there's a lot of like, oh, why don't you join us for beers? Like where there's a lot of pressure, social pressure, but 
you don't actually need it to do the show. I know it's different to be filmed on a reality show, but there's just, you know what I mean? Like people are like, oh, the show makes you drink. And yes, obviously a lot of people getting drunk, messiness is more guaranteed to, to come out, but there's many compelling moments that we get from just people dead sober doing shenanigans Mm -hmm. yeah the most important thing is just honesty and vulnerability if you're willing to actually show us your real relationship and talk about your real problems in your life that's what makes a good reality tv character in my opinion and actually that just made me think that that shep is incapable of vulnerability and so his only hope to be entertaining is to be at this point is to be a belligerent drunk man but that's getting sad yeah. And not entertained to watch. Yeah, and all the guys, right, do that kind of shit. Well, like Austin, Shep, Thomas, when he was on the show, probably Whitney, whatever. Like these hurting women, lying to women, cheating on women, banging a lot of young girls. That, those kind of shenanigans, I think they think that that's like good drama and good for the show, maybe. Or maybe they just think it's good to do in general, fun to do. I don't know. But like, yeah, the the karma is catching up to them. The, the ladies definitely mm. gave it to them in this reunion. Like, how, mm-hmm. how how many women do you want to, like, like well, in the finale, um, Olivia says that to Austin. She's like, look at the paper trail of pissed off women that you leave, and every single one of them has the same thing to say about you. What does that make you feel, you know? But- it is really crazy how, of the three of them, Craig really has set himself apart. I guess this is turning into, like, I don't know how he turned into a Craig fangirl account, but he has left them behind in that he's seems like kind of a relatively normal person mm-hmm. with a successful business and he's he has that sober glow and then austin and shep are pretty much exactly where he left them mm-hmm. yeah it's you know he actually has a, a beautiful girlfriend that he loves and he has a busy life where he's flying around doing stuff and i don't like I craig because of his behavior on winter house but I do think he's by far doing the best out of the, the three of them. Oh, yeah. I don't like him because of his behavior on Summer House. You know, he's like the bar is absolutely in hell. I think he's been a screaming little baby on both those shows. Uh, but at the same time, he's made improvements. Of- I'm just saying, don't be fooled. He's made improvements the same way that Jax Taylor has made improvements. But at their core, they're both still belligerent frat boys. Yeah, I wouldn't want him dating any of my friends. And of on the topic of oh what do people think of him and Paige? i'm like who cares they're both (laughs) their main interest is to be a bravo power couple yeah i don't their interest is making money and getting attention and they're doing it and they're hot yeah so they're they're winning (laughs) and whatever game they're playing and it's like I laughed so much when he was talking about not showing Craig or not showing Paige on the show. And he was like, well, to be honest, sometimes she does go upstairs and go into the room. I'm like, yeah, she does that on her own show when she's supposed to film one weekend, one weekend a month or every weekend in the summer. All she does is sit in bed. So yeah, that's that is just what she does. Um, But she still managed to make it work as a. Bravo powerhouse. She's very successful, kind of a fan favorite. And she does it all just lounging, scrolling on her phone. So mm-hmm. yeah, she makes it look easy, but she is, she's a, a great Bravo celebrity. I do like Paige. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really 
care for her, but she does make good TV. Why don't you care um, for but her? I just think that she sits around all of Summer House in her bed, and then every reunion starts to go. She goes in for the attack on someone to stake her claim, and I think people love her, so she always gets welcome back, but she doesn't do anything. <laughs> and I think just watching her and what they call the bed sore sisters on that show. It just reminds me of myself in a depressive episode. So I'm like, okay, this is for escapism and there are dark themes on this, but not, not the depression bed with all your snacks around you, <laughs> <laughs> all the garbage. Like that's where I'm like, ladies get up. <laughs> Sierra, her like lack of cleanliness in the, in the room really affects me. When I see her bed Again, and what's on the floor and like how she's living in there, I'm just like absolutely well, well horrified. Then, well, then, Sammy, maybe don't watch this current, this past season of Summer House because they push their beds together. They're like, let's make one big sleepover room. And then they all just, it's like one big massive trash bed. <laughs> and that's where I was like, okay, enough of this. <laughs> yeah, I know the bed, it's too much. They're in the bed too much. It's true, but I'm in the bed too much. So I, I literally could not possibly judge someone for that. Of course, I'm in the bed. That's all I'm doing is being in the bed. I'm not being paid to do anything different. Like, they're... The, we're, tap dance for your paycheck, ladies. Come on. This is, okay. This is this is what makes me my bed life better, is watching people up and at them doing up. silly stuff on my on the stories that I watch. Yeah. Get up. Oh, that's like true. Like, Willy Wonka's... The, grandparents from Willy Wonka that is what they serve every summer but I don't know I'm kind of here for it um but yeah so just to go back to the nude the nude scene around the world like they do have some revelations about it I guess in this reunion where first of all Shep says that she (laughs) that he has repeatedly told Taylor not to send him nudes because he does not like receiving them he does not like to think of his girlfriend that way when they were dating. Yes, when they were dating. Yeah, when they were dating. And then Leva chimes in. Who even knew she was still in the cast? And she's like, my husband doesn't like it either. He says because I'm the mother of his children, he doesn't want to see me like that. It's like, okay, Ew. what the fuck? You guys are both being so weird. The husband and Shep. Like, what kind of virginal weird yeah. category do you put your wife in? Like, who turns we're- down a nude from their girlfriend? If we're going to... If if we're going to consummate this marriage, it's for making babies only. Yeah, and it's like, maybe that's why you cheat all the time, you freak. Like, try therapy for your virgin whore complex. I'm so bored by that. But anyway. I know. Um, But, yeah. but the, the nude itself, Leva throws her hat in the ring and is like, I saw the whole thread. Okay. She says that Whitney said, like, LOL, is that you? And she said... It's someone your friend used to stick his dick in about herself. And then she said, come fuck me in Nashville. And then, and Taylor wasn't expecting to be confronted about this because she's like, I said that? Like, when they, like, confront her, she's just kind of like, whoa, 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 what? And it's like, it, like, really? Like, God, like, you put that in a DM to a producer? <laughs> what do you think? To wit, not just any producer, uh, like, thousand-year-old vampire named Whitney (laughs) yeah and so Craig's saying that he that Whitney was like drinking and bragging about it and showing it around at the bar and everyone forgives Whitney especially Shep 
Like, yeah, people expect very little from Whitney, especially in terms of emotional maturity, okay, um, which is a is, problem. Again, he's pushing 60 years old. <laughs> well, he's like 53 or something, but yeah, 50s. He's in his 50s. He's, yeah. he's on his Whitney, way. Whitney, Whitney is gross and always has been, but I think people see something in Taylor where she gets called out for being coddled too much and people treating her basically infantilizing her too much. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Yes. But at the same time, people just want better for her. And I think with Whitney, they're not like, Whitney, you can do better. They're just like, no, this is what we expect of you <laughs> to be depraved. Right. Well, I guess I was glad that Craig at least said, like, it's disgusting to show a nude to people that it wasn't sent to. I mean, it's weird to send a nude when it wasn't asked for, though, too. <laughs> like, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. Also, Craig was like, the enemy, the bad guy here is Whitney, and he's not here to defend himself, but no one should be really getting on Taylor's case about this. I think that um, it's very fair to get on Taylor's case about this, but also Whitney's case. Like, both of them, yeah. it's embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. Yeah, of course, people are right to be on Taylor's case about this. But at the same time, Whitney's back. I don't know. It, it It is it is what it is. It Yeah. So now we get into Taylor's little thing that she tries to do to Olivia. She's Yeah, now we turn to Austin and Taylor in the hot seat. And Taylor is not getting it. Mm-mm. I just had a thought. Maybe she's... Sorry, but maybe also is just not that smart. I think you can be stupid and mean and cruel. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying like that's her only quality, but not everyone can be a smart person. I mean, like the fact that she's not getting it, is that an emotional immaturity and an inability to see it? Or you're just not able to put the pieces together of why people are upset i think she's extremely entitled she's just like oh my god like i said i was kind of sorry whatever forgive me like just be nice to me like i deserve everything in life to be good and easy and no consequences for my actions and she's so spoiled like and i don't know what goes on in her household like i i don't clearly there's some freaky shit with how her parents raised her because they're super religious and she's like, has- yeah, at the start of the season, she said the three things she needs in a guy are like nice, honest and loves Jesus. And it's like, well, but she okay, acts Taylor. like an out of control whore. like I have to dig up the, the W word because I've never known. Yeah, and we support that. We support that. If you want to act like if you want to be slutty and slut it up around town, that's great. But don't do it in a way that undermines your friends and then don't also beat the jesus drum yeah if your she's... behavior isn't at all reflective of that like, how do her parents her like weird you know minister parents feel when they see her on tv calling herself someone who your friend used to stick his dick in why don't you come down and fuck me in nashville and how's your dick doing and like can it get up tonight and like what what are these texts they are maybe so they don't, out of pocket maybe they don't wash maybe they don't watch well, they better not but like i i just i'm just saying like that that's not normal sexual behavior or like a way to think about sex in a normal way it's a major trauma yeah yeah from 
Yeah, from either how you're raised or events or all of the above, but it's, it is major trauma. And Craig says to Taylor, like, you keep saying the problem is you hurt someone. No, the problem is that you lied to everyone about it. And Levitt adds that, yeah, the fact that you lied to eventually all of us in the process makes all of us not trust either of you that much, her and Austin. Yeah, exactly. And no one will ever truly know if they have actually come clean and if it was just a kiss or if it was sex that they are actually going to take to their grave. Um it, it doesn't matter at this point because they have both proven, proven themselves to be shady little liars, especially her, because Austin did eventually come clean. Like, he was like, fuck, okay. Like, he fessed up, but Olivia, or what's her name? Taylor, like, many, many times was pressed and pressed and pressed. And she had many, many times to just break down and say it. But she kept yeah. up a lie. And so, yeah, she's written off now as a friend. I could just never relate to hurt being okay with hurting your friends like that i have so much more grace for acting shitty to the people you're dating but your friends yeah i'm like trying to put ourselves into their footsteps like they both broke up with their boyfriends at the same time and they were like being each other's like support system and confiding in each other and like hanging out together and, and they had a scene where Olivia was like telling Taylor like there are guys lined up around the block to date you like you're such a catch you're beautiful like Shep's an idiot and you know just just building her up and like to know that that whole time she was holding a secret that she had gone for her boyfriend and like if she had and wanted Austin to held, Austin held on to that secret when him and Shep went to Australia for two months or whatever yeah yeah I mean yeah it's like I know I I get fucking up and I especially get fucking up when this much alcohol is involved. Yeah. I think they're all really enmeshed and Taylor and Craig, Taylor and Austin kept referring to when we were in New York. So I assume they mean timeline wise right after the reunion, they're in these enmeshed situations where they're always together. They're coworkers. They're always having to do events and the events are very boozy and I could see how mistakes happen and how there's a lot of incestuous things happening between these folks in the friend group right like it's more close than a normal situation where like i would kiss your boyfriend if we were alone in the kitchen like that would be like insane yeah but it's not exactly it's not as insane when it's like the bravo world and they're all in this weird bubble together Mm -hmm. just being shaken up but the fact is that if she had gone to olivia and been like i fucked up so bad i kissed austin oh my god i'm so sorry Olivia probably would have been fine in like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but but Taylor wasn't sorry. That was the chilling part of the whole story. Yeah. And she was just like, it didn't, it didn't come to anything. We didn't end up dating. But like I thought about it's it very, and I kissed him and I wanted to and I don't giving, regret it. Yeah. It's giving very Jax Taylor. Satisfy your girlfriend. We wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, it's not her fault. Even though she grabbed his face and she kissed him and she you know did all that knowing what that would and they talk to their families about whether they should be in a relationship yeah and then they just all kind of agreed not to and it just petered out like the whole story is a little bit Mm. yeah uh yeah you guys probably had sex like who is just yeah you probably had sex and it wasn't like that great and then you both just kind of maybe it happened one or two more times on drunken hookup like you know end of the night bar kind of things but and then you decided you weren't that attracted to each other or something, you know, and now you're trying to like shine it into a different story. Yeah. But 
Taylor shines it into a very different story, the story of the Bible, and turns to Olivia and says, forgive as you would want to be forgiven. Yeah. And then Olivia's like, hmm, what do you mean by that? Hmm? Why don't you just No, Olivia's immediately it? like, yeah, go and say it. I see what you're trying to do here. Just go and say it. Just say it. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was going to be reunion part one. I thought this was going to be a filler episode. I know. She's just like, you've been hanging this over my head, doing your little hints. So go ahead and say it. And Taylor's like, well, yeah, she did something to a friend and a confidant. What happened with Thomas? And everyone's like, Ravenel? <laughs> and Taylor did a little smile, a evil little smile. I missed it. Was it was chilling. Oh, I'll send you a screenshot. Yeah, this is her right that after. Is evil. This is her. This is her right after she said. <laughs> that is the face of someone who feels just. Here, here's the face old... of someone who thinks they ate. <laughs> I was just gonna and say. left no crumbs. What? Sorry. <laughs> to use a more Shep friendly expression, she looks like the cat that got the canary. <laughs> Or she's butter thinking would, she's like cat's meow. Butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. <laughs> anyway, um, she does. She's like, she's like mic drop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Olivia. Yeah, that's right, guys. <laughs> Olivia's like, I was fresh out of college, twenty years old, drunk out of my mind. He's a family friend, and I wanted to take this to my grave. You're the only person on earth I told. Wow. I and Taylor Taylor says on earth, which some people debated whether she meant Olivia's dead brother. I don't think that's what she meant in this moment, but I, if it is Right. Maybe it was or maybe it was just her being like, "Really? You didn't tell like a bunch of people?" But the Taylor can't Taylor's genuinely like, "Don't you guys get it?" And Andy's like, "How is it the same?" She's like, "It is the same. They were friends." How does or Olivia's friends with Catherine? How does Taylor not even remotely understand that Thomas is known for being a creepy old man who creeps on drunk 20 year olds and that's how he has two he's kids a, with Catherine. He's a convicted rapist is he not? Or did that is charge it, not get He is a convicted rapist but but that's but also like he is known for specifically being on the prowl for this type of woman and Olivia was a family friend so So he, he knew her as a child and he had you know probably been grooming yeah. her and then as soon as she was completely wasted and on her own for the first time in life he took advantage of her and slept with her if there's a reason you only tell one person about something like that and it's because it's not a pleasant memory for you like yeah and taylor's like why well why did you say it? it's like because she was ashamed yeah like, she was like it you, was what i wanted to take to my grave who wouldn't like that's something she probably wished never fucking happened because it was probably a sexual assault in in her body and in her experience like if you can't consent like and if you think about how drunk 20 year olds get and how creepy and focused t-rav is yeah yeah. it's not like most 20 year olds are fantasizing about having sex with their dad's weird friend like it's not a thing like she she yeah she clearly had a lot of shame she was like well Olivia or taylor's like well, and then you became friends with with Catherine. She's like, yeah, exactly. Years later, I didn't know her at the time. They weren't together as far as I knew. And we've become friends since. And, like, you've just been chomping at yeah. the bit to use this against me. And Taylor's like, no, I haven't. And then Olivia's just like, well, you've proven yourself to be a shit friend and a shit human. And then heads off the stage and drops a 
effing c word fucking cunt yeah <laughs> yeah we do swears on this podcast <laughs> we're, we're giving you the exclusive for those who didn't watch the un unfiltered peacock version apparently hey you shout out canadian hey you gives us the same unfiltered yeah uh, uncensored version but yeah and that's where we left it for part one of a three-part reunion and it was shocking lots happened in this and i couldn't help but wonder what is everyone's zodiac sign so i did some research and so fascinating because this cast is ruled by air signs it's basically all air with a little bit of fire. So um, except for Catherine, who's not on the set anymore, but she's, her presence looms. She's a Leo, but she has a Gemini moon and a Libra rising. So again, with the air, Shep is a Libra, Craig's an Aquarius, Austin is a Gemini, Taylor is a Libra, T-Rav is a Leo. Um, t- ugh. Um, basically Hugh must not be named and yeah the only exception Olivia is a Taurus but she's also kind of boring and not great for reality TV I love Tauruses but they're not great for reality TV Mm -hmm. they're just they're too calm and collected yeah I mean it makes total sense to me like all those guys are like very like they're all smart and they're also very detached and just cannot great verbose all talk no action Mm -hmm yeah yeah and just their their problem has been throughout the years girls being like why don't you love me why can't you love me and they're just like mm, yeah i don't know i just why more about party just <laughs> yeah why just floating around why just making pillows mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was oliver's first sewing project actually his first big sewing project while um i was on this rewatch so pro- and anyway he was at these pants for probably two or three days but while that was happening like they kept airing the clip over and over and Naomi being like why about your fucking sewing machine like you're a loser you're sewing it's going nowhere and a hapless Craig being like what's wrong with my sewing they yeah, play that clip my sewing so machine? many times like yeah I know poor Craig his girlfriend made him feel bad about his sewing and then he turned it into a multi billion dollar empire or whatever you could never imagine what these men have to go through sam you could never put yourself in their shoes you could never walk a day in their shoes no i know well i just saw in winter house sierra has a moment where she's talking to austin and she's just like oh to be a tall insecure white man i fantasize about having those problems yeah because austin that is really that's his main thing that he has going for him He's tall. He's six five. That's it. That's all there is, ladies. Look, you it's peek little... under the the covers, and there's nothing underneath. Yeah, he's a little bit of a butterface, to be honest. Is that a? No, it's not <laughs> rude because he sucks. But like, I just, it makes me so sad to see two young women fighting over him when they could be doing so much else he has had now so many incredible women fighting over him on this most recent season of southern charm there was a whole season of summer house where it was Lindsay and sierra and someone else who i forget there were like three people fighting over him Mm -hmm. fighting i know over austin crawl i know over the ceo of trop hop beer (laughs) 
I know. I love when, when even when Shep was spiraling, he's like, they've got their podcast. Craig has his beer. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I wonder if Austin that moment's like, what about Tropop? <laughs> the cans yeah. are in stores. <laughs> I think he has said that he's winding Tropop down. So maybe Shep okay, didn't want to rub his face in it. But I take your point. Like, it, it's just, it's crazy. And he got Madison. Like, he dated Madison for years. It's wild. And Olivia. I know. I, I don't I don't get it. I think he brings the least out of the trio. I would sooner be yeah. with Shep than be with Austin. Oh, so, uh, absolutely. Someone who's a, maybe about to go into liver failure. <laughs> like, he's maybe about to mother God himself. <laughs> Just slide like, in on that will. With a... Yeah, with a huge trust fund. Yeah, I would go for Shep over Austin. Yeah, but the girlies don't. One, one vial, one vial of colloidal silver, and Shep might be toast. <laughs> he's like the what would kill a Victorian child. <laughs> like, yes, like, every day in Shep's life is that he's one like Seven Up Slurpee away from <laughs> meeting his maker. <laughs> he looks it. He does. Yes, yeah. he does. But yeah. I mean, the toxic part of me is like, maybe I could change it. <laughs> Wait, Austin or Chef? Chef. It's so shameful. And that's why I'm only saying it in like hour three of this podcast. But <laughs> the toxic part of me was like, maybe I could not change it. Maybe I could be like, keep, let's do shots, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get married tomorrow? <laughs> I just think I could like meet him where he's at mentally and like bend him to my will the problem is we've learned that his type is a little like young right. wifey like no i'm not like saying Taylor. that yeah, i i'm not i'm not saying that he would no for but me, but if i had gotten him when i was like 20 i think i maybe would have could have gotten the ring you would have been too strong-willed like a madison which i see as high praise but Austin loves more of a Madison type who's like feisty. Mm -hmm. Shep doesn't like any feist. He does go for a more submissive sort of type, but like what I know that he needs is someone he could bring home to the family who could like make conversation with his parents. He said he wants someone that can go to the polo field of the yacht club and blend in seamlessly. Yeah. And I think I could, like, talented Mr. Ripley my way there. <laughs> Salt burn your way there? Yeah, like, I actually have a lot of, like, I know all his references. I, I could definitely chat with him and his family about all these, like, old plays that they love talking about and shit. And, like, Napoleon. Talk about T.S. Eliot yeah. and uh, The Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, yeah, I've never played polo, but I've sailed a bit. I mean, I, I really, like, I would love to scam him, but we'll see. <laughs> Go go get your boy. He's I'm too old probably, now. You can probably find him pretty easily. I'd have to first like turn back the clock to becoming an anorexic 20-year-old and that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying that I, I could have, okay? It could have at one time. Okay. I love that journey for you. <laughs> I'm like who would I rehabilitate in the bravosphere in the toxic depths of myself? Maybe Craig at this point, honestly. Well, Craig is such an easy one to say because he's like the most eligible bachelor there is. Yeah, but I hated him so much up until maybe this season. Oh, okay. So you've been on a real journey. But it's like... Yeah, because I just seeing him screaming at people on Summer House, mm -hmm. like, 
and over nothing like seeing someone a man screaming at women Mm -hmm. first of all that's just there's no excuse for it ever but over very little Mm -hmm. it just made me think this guy is can't take accountability for himself yeah and he's got something really ugly deep inside that only comes out sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah and he did a lot of gaslighting of naomi even though naomi wasn't great to him they weren't great to each other but he was invalidating of her feel i don't know whatever whatever i would go for craig okay <laughs> you throw Step your hat in the page <laughs> yeah <laughs> i could be a contender <laughs> for sure yeah i mean i'm just speaking mentally i'm just being like in the metaverse like you know not irl in the metaverse things are going to be different <laughs> absolutely <laughs> we need to buy land now in the metaverse <laughs> and then be like hey and guys. artwork do you want your barn to look stupid? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny because I'm actually, after this, going to play Sims. I just got a new expansion pack for my Sims. Cool. So I'm basically going to build. Sweet. Oh my God, you should just build bought... these, this cast and <laughs> like ruin their lives. I, well, the expansion pack I built was Island Living. Oh. Um, so I'm going to be on a tropical island. But um, I could, yeah, I definitely could build a little charleston um hub <laughs> <laughs> although i think now like my my obsession was intense but now it's short-lived like it's it's uh, over i burned through all the seasons yeah it's so now i'm left to turn to another show maybe I southern guess. hospitality i can't stoop to that it's just leva and her restaurant well it's not just and leva like, and her restaurant it's like a whole new cast of drunken servers is it good i've heard it's kind of good okay <laughs> all right that's all i need I, really okay. what it, <laughs> okay <laughs> um well to the i feel like i'm spoon feeding you like the poisoned pudding <laughs> one all more the... open up i guzzle down that poison pudding and i'm asking for more i'm asking for a second second serving so yeah, let me because let, let me know, know when that's if coming. I should watch it that'd be great <laughs> just watch the first step come on i need you to watch summer house because this most recent season because i am i'm going to okay 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 i need to hear if you thought it was a sleigh or not a sleigh a sleigh or an a we'll we'll read we'll circle back okay Let's circle back. Let's put a pin in this. Uh, thanks, everyone. If, uh, for those who are still here, we love you so much. Love you guys. Bye. See you on Patreon if you're cool. Um, yeah, only if you're cool. Patreon.com slash it's become a whole thing. Okay, love you. Au revoir, mes amours. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.